Thanks for checking out this episode of the Jambase Podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. On this episode, we'll hear my interview with Todd Schaefer of Railroad Earth. We spoke recently over a video call about the new Railroad Earth album, All for the Song, which came out shortly after we chatted. We'll hear that interview in just a bit, but first, let's hear about the sponsors of this podcast episode. This episode is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 offers a diverse range of quality Grateful Dead, Donut Pattern, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, and other music-related apparel. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead's historic Europe 72 tour, Jambase is taking a retrospective look back at each of 22 performances that took place between April 7th and May 26th. The series launched in partnership with Section 119. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead 72 European Tour with Section 119's limited edition hoodies. Section 119 dug deep into the archive of the Grateful Dead to build 22 unique hoodies with the actual amazing artwork from each show of the tour. Section 119 is only offering 72 pieces inspired by each show. Premium quality hoodies that are available for a limited time. 50 days, 22 shows. Relive the long, strange, amazing trip it must have been. England to Denmark, West Germany, Paris, France, Amsterdam, and then heading back to England to wrap up the tour. Experience the music in every hoodie. Visit Section 119 at section119.com. That's S-E-C-T-I-O-N. 119.com to explore their full Grateful Dead 72 European Tour limited edition hoodies collection. It's been pretty busy around Jam Bay since our episode last week. The Sweetwater 420 Festival took place last weekend in Atlanta. The lineup was stacked with jam scene favorites like Goose, who played in front of their largest crowd to date, the Stringchies Incident, who brought out Rhonda Vincent, and Humphreys McGee, who were performing without Jake Sinninger and instead welcomed a bunch of special guests including members of String Cheese and Talk. Fish guitarist Trey Anastasio also played the first show featuring the full lineup of a revamped Trey Anastasio band. Trey also got together with Primus bassist Les Claypool and the police drummer Stuart Copeland for a headlining Oysterhead set. Visit Jambase for recaps on many of the performances that went down at Sweetwater 420, and be sure to check out our Instagram account for photos from Atlanta taken by Jambase contributing photographer Ian Ron. While you're checking out Ian's photos, be sure to also check out Adam McCullough's shots from last weekend of Jazz Fest in New Orleans. We've got more in store for weekend two at Jazz Fest, so stay tuned to see what goes down at the Crescent City this week. We were also met last weekend with the sad news of the death of Naomi Judd, who was 76 years old. Naomi and her daughter Winona performed together as the Judds, reaching success in the 1980s with crossover country hits like Mama He's Crazy. Naomi sadly died the day before the Judds were honored with a ceremony celebrating their induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Winona and her sister, actress Ashley Judd, attended the emotional ceremony in Nashville. Several musicians honored the Judds by performing their songs, including Gillian Welch and David Rawlings covering 1989's Young Love, Strong Love, Carly Pierce sang the 1986 hit Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days, and Tommy Sims covered Love Can Build a Bridge. A tearful Winona told the audience, quote, I didn't prepare anything tonight because I knew mom would probably talk the most. I'm going to make this fast because my heart's broken and I feel so blessed. It's a very strange dynamic to be this broken and this blessed. Though my heart's broken, Winona added, I will continue to sing because that's what we do. End quote. 
Fellow country music icon and Naomi Judd's longtime friend Dolly Parton perhaps put it best in a note she posted on social media. Dolly ended her message by saying, congratulations and condolences are both in order. And indeed they are, Dolly. Congratulations should also be sent Dolly's way as she was among those inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Along with Dolly Parton, the 2022 class of inductees includes Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon. Additionally, Judas Priest and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis earned Musical Excellent Awards. Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton were given Early Influence Awards. Amit Aragon Awards were also given to producers Alan Grubman, Jimmy Iovine, and Sylvia Robinson. The class of 2022 will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at a ceremony held at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles on November 5th. All right, now let's get to my interview with Railroad Earth guitarist and singer Todd Schaefer. As I mentioned, we spoke a few days before the release of the band's new album, All for the Song, which is available now at all the usual places. Todd and I talked about how COVID-19 pushed back the release of the album, which was recorded in New Orleans prior to the pandemic. New Orleans guitarist Anders Osborne produced All for the Song, and Todd and I talked a lot about what it was like to work with him. Todd told me about Anders' influence on the sound of the album, which includes horn and string players that Anders brought in. We also talked significantly about the impact of the death of Railroad Earth's co-founding member, Andy Gessler, who died in October 2018. Todd told me that part of the reason behind going to New Orleans to record with Anders was to get the members of the band together for a bit of a revitalizing retreat in order to reconnect and refocus after the death of such an integral member of the band. Todd talked to me about the emotional aspects of recording the new album, which features several poignant songs that seemingly address all that the band has gone through. We also discussed playing the new songs in concert and how fans have responded to the new setlist edition. We touched on Railroader's touring plans for the upcoming year, getting to celebrate the music of Olden in the Way with the legendary Peter Rowan, and much more. So here's my interview with Todd Schaefer of Railroad Earth, which will lead into with the all for the song opening track, The Great Divide. There's telling of a better home awaiting, waiting on the other side. from Railroad Earth, and we're going to be talking about your upcoming new album, All for the Song. It comes out this thir- or this Friday, April 22nd. Um, it was produced by Anders Osborne. I've been listening to it over the past few days. It's, it's, a, it's a very striking album. It comes across as, as vibrant and welcoming, but there's also at times some really deeply personal and emotional lyrics. Was that something that you considered while you guys were making the album, kind of making sure to strike that balance? You know, that's not, 
ever really a conscious um, choice, although if I were to really think about it, I'd, I'd be happy to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is um, from a moment in time where it couldn't help but be, uh, you know, somewhat personal and it's somewhat um, some challenging moments in there, but hopefully the music transcends all that and like you said it's 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 welcoming and it's um i never like songs that are you know overly personal where the where the it kind of doesn't invite the person in to have their own experience of the music you know right uh not where you overwhelm somebody with your own emotion <laughs> you know yeah but hopefully there's enough in there that it relate people can relate to it you know and it means something um you know, this I started writing these songs. It was a really rough time for Railroad Earth because we we're um experiencing, you know, the, the declining health of our wonderful and dear bandmate Andy Gessling. So that's a big part of what happened on this record is is that story. And uh and of course that's um an intense story. So I think this is a pretty intense record in a way, but it's also you know, the music is always transcendent. That's why we play it, right? <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. So were these songs written after Andy passed away in in October of 2018? It's recorded after Andy passed, but um, the writing was going on and and some of the recording started while he was still alive and we still had okay. hope that he was going to recover. We We tried our best really to make him a part of the recordings and as far as you know when he when he was pretty much couldn't leave his home we even thought of well let's bring the re- recording studio to his house so we can lay his tracks down at home you know but um mm-hmm. it just never really worked out that way you know he just he just his it's it <clears throat> it started going downhill and then it started really going downhill and so that never really worked out that way which was pretty sad but um but we recorded it. So then later on, we decided to go down to new Orleans with Anders. Um, and the re- a lot of the reason we wanted to do that, it was, you know, we'd been through so much as a band and it was such a struggle getting through that moment as a band that we wanted to kind of regroup and have, have a, a, a destination record. What, what I mean by that is, you know, somewhere we get away from all the distractions and just, have a little bonding, a little bonding time as, as the remaining members of the band, you know? Sure. So that was kind of the, part of the idea here. A lot of our records we've made close to home, you know, uh, and some of them at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one, we wanted to get away and just um, have a little time, the five of us to uh, get to know one another again and, and have a, have some, have some time away and just be a band in a, in a different setting, you know? Uh, so we went down to new Orleans and this was after trying a lot of different ways to do it in New Jersey with Andy. And then, uh, then he passed and we decided to take a different approach. And how did you guys settle on new Orleans? Was there something specific about, I mean, obviously it's a great music town and everything, but was, what was it about new Orleans? Did you guys have a relationship with the city or were you trying to forge one? When we decided to work with Anders, it kind of made perfect sense because obviously okay. he's from there and 
and he's got uh, and that became you know a little bit of a, a flavor of the record we added some horns invited some friends of anders in to play and do some horns horn stuff and uh harmonica work and uh so it, it, that became a bit of the uh a lot of the flavor on on what we were doing so then how did Anders get brought into the project? Whose idea was it to, to work with him? Well, it was initially um, our manager's idea. Um, Alex manages Anders as well. So, okay. They, they, so he's, uh, he's under the same management umbrella. And uh, of course they're always looking out to, um, keep keep their keep their clients working but yeah but uh also keep it it's in the family uh, also you know alex knows anders really well and thought it would be a good a good uh a good fit and uh and he was right we really loved working with anders it was great experience and i think he did a great job had you worked with him before had you had, have you guys collaborated prior to this project no, we hadn't. I had done um, some years back. I had done one song with him, and I forget exactly what it was for. To be honest, um, that was just me, not the band. But we had um, obviously crossed paths many times. You, you know, I remember uh, sharing a stage at High Sierra, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, obviously in the running running around in the same world, but had never worked together. So what were some of those first conversations you had when you guys decided to work with Anders? Did, were, were there, was there a lot of like pre-production discussion or did you just get to the studio and get after it? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. This, this album, uh, as I, uh, you know, described a little bit in, in speaking uh, about, and the situation with Andy, it was a little different for us. We normally get together and work the songs quite a bit as a band, but we really didn't have the opportunity to do that this time. I got together with Anders here at my house and ran by um, some of the ideas I had that I was beginning to shape into album form. So just me and him having a, a kind of... Uh, song songwriting powwow where i and um get together and uh and then after that i i actually made demos of all the songs because we were heading down in new orleans it, it was the, the uh recording sessions were imminent and we hadn't really had opportunity <laughs> to work on the songs owing to all the situations going on and uh I actually made demos this time out, which is unusual. I never really do that, but um, normally we just have at it and uh, <laughs> yeah, and work on them and work on them as a band. But this was a little bit unusual record for us in that in that regard as well. So, but I got together first with Anders and uh, got the ball rolling, and we worked on some of the songs together, and. Um, had a uh, songwriter producer summit here and uh, and a get get to know you a couple yeah. days and uh, and then and then uh, maybe six months later I think it might have been something like that I um, 
demoed everything and then we went into the studio and uh, we stuck pretty much to the arrangements I had worked out. Um, of course, with everybody's amazing input and then, uh, yeah, so that's how this one went down. <laughs> so did you then, you shared the demos with the rest of the band and then is it up to them to come up with their parts or were you instructing them in, in ways? You know, I don't instruct this band uh, other than in this in this um, in this case, the demos were more to have the arrangement of, to get people familiar with the songs rather than, you know, I don't play, uh, for example, the mandolin or the, the yeah. fiddle. So, so there weren't mandolin and fiddle parts on there. And, and plus the mandolin and fiddle parts that I would have played and come up with would not have been remotely as good as the ones that John and Timmy would have come up with. So <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So I don't bother with that. I just leave it, leave it to the masters. The idea of, of what the song is, what the arrangement is. Here's how it goes, guys, and uh, and that then they do their thing, you know. So then, what was the experience like? And, you in know, this, is, this, is, this, this is not all my songs. This record uh, either. This Definitely. is you know, uh, Andrew's got a great tune on there, and uh, I worked on. And I worked with Andrew on another song and uh, Timmy's got a wonderful piece that actually is pretty interesting. Uh, That's drifting, one of my favorites right? on the record. Yeah. Drifting. Um, Timmy had recorded and started working on that song with Andy and Andy did, you know, done, I think three different parts on it, uh, guitar and, uh, I forget what else was on there. The notes say ukulele too. Yeah, it must be like a baritone uke because it's it's a little deeper intonation. Yeah. But it's um. So that track actually does have Andy on it, and then we developed it uh, from Andy's tracks, um, which was a really moving experience, you know, because we just lost him, and then, and then we were playing. Uh, with him in the studio and and um and that and that was the idea we actually did solos with some of his soloing each of us took a solo with an andy solo and it was a beautiful beautiful part of the recording process was, was that did that help part of the healing process having him be involved in that way yeah it really did you know um I'm not sure it's, I would call it healing, maybe grieving or just letting those emotions out, um, which I guess ultimately is healing. But, um, you know, it's kind of tough too, you know? Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, but, and, but it's a beautiful track and he played beautifully on it. And it's, I love the song. And uh, it, it, it feels like almost a centerpiece to the album too. Like a, a, a really kind of... Um, a center point where everything kind of comes together in, in a very beautiful way. Yeah, I agree. Drifting, drifting with you. Drifting, drifting we too. Drifting right in the tide 
drifting and soaking in wine. He would give an odd notice that just like a lotus would blossom in cosmic insides. Did did you what was that experience like? Do you think that New Orleans? I mean, you mentioned the horns and some of Anders' musicians being involved. Were there other aspects of being in the city that you think impacted what came out on the album? Um, absolutely. Well, like I said, we we, we went there, and part of part of the plan was to break bread and have have um, have a bonding experience. Yeah, New Orleans is a great place to make that happen, as everyone knows. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were, were successful su- in doing that. I was just going to ask, were you successful <laughs> in that? Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. But yeah, so so it was a, a, a true bonding experience, though. It was a positive thing for you guys to be together and and share that experience together. Absolutely, yeah. We had you know some of the you know we'd finish the sessions and and always go out to eat, and then you know course we had a lot of work to do and it was um the work was um fast and furious because you know the clock is ticking when you're in a we went in a real studio this time and it's a real budget yeah uh that you think so yeah you don't want to waste time but you know we did have some some great nights you know going out to hear some just some sit-in jazz players maybe you know i forget the name of that that room that we were near the hotel we were, but John and I had a couple, couple great nights hanging at that. And oh, that's cool. Talking and having some drinks. It was, it was great. We really had a, a great time. And, uh, well, and I'm sure um, that helps you know, with the, with the outcome. Like I'm sure having those evenings together and those experiences end up showing up on tape the next day when you're in the studio together. Right. Like you're you're it goes into sort of your overall feeling and the ability to connect when you go into the studio. Yeah, that's what it's about, really. You know, that's uh, that's what a band is, you know. And. Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of times we, we as 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 you know, obviously, we spend a lot of time on the road. So. Uh, a lot of times we when we. um plan a record where we we hope to do it close to home so we can be home you know but this time we wanted to do something that allowed for that uh that experience and what were the sessions like were you guys did you do you tend to track live in the room together or are you guys doing your parts kind of separately no we track live um as much as possible and then um and then of and then of course add some uh, colors and textures on top of that to uh, complete the picture. But we the the takes are definitely um, definitely live. And then if there are things that are glaring, if if it's a great take that you want to keep, and there's something glaringly off mm-hmm. in somebody's part, then you then you will fix that. But uh, we try to capture the live feel, the live emotion, and 
Uh, that's why Anders was a great fit as well. He that's uh, he's one hundred percent in on that approach. Um, that's what he loves about music and recording is capturing those kind of moments. So we had the right guy behind the board on that in that regard too. And he he actually uh, as much as anything, he's uh, um, focused in on the on the live vocal he loves to get live vocals as much as possible too he, oh, he really believes that that he really believes that's uh important to capture the capture the vocal take so he was he was pretty focused on that a lot i was gonna ask if if you could point to something that he specifically brought as a producer that might have impacted the sound of the album and it's so, so that's something is 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 that not is not is tracking vocals live not something that you're used to? No, we we always track the live vocals, but there's always pressure to you know make them better and more perfect. And there's there was that on this as well. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think I think um, I think what it, it goes beyond just the vocal performance. Um, it's the vocal. It's that the Anders really believes that the vocal performance is integral to a great band take uh you know that the that the vocal leads that charge and that um without the without the emotion and the the uh strong vocal then then the band take is not the right one you know um so it's it's not it's not just the vocal performance he just believes that you know he's a songwriter and and uh uh-huh. and a singer and that's and that's his obviously a great guitarist and and we wanted to get, and we wanted and did get some of his guitar playing on the record too. <laughs> yeah, he sounds but, cool. Um, how, how was that decided yeah. on? I mean, you could have had him play on every track, right? Like, what were yeah, those discussions probably, about when he did have, come on? Well, you know, I think we we pushed him a little bit to do that because, you know, he doesn't want his his uh, imprint on all over the record, you know, he's the right. producer, not, it's not a Anders record, but, um, and I probably as much as anyone kind of pushed him to do some stuff just because I think it makes it unique and special. And I, and it, you know, we're making a record with Anders Osborne. Let's, oh, yeah. let's, let's, let's explore what we can do with that. You know? Don't, yeah. Don't leave him um, on I the think- bench. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> And you know, railroad earth is railroad earth is a um, one of the, one of the things I love most about the band is is that we're we're able to invite people in and we do regularly, yes, into our world and it it almost always works and it almost always gels. We're it's a very uh, accommodating and open uh, hearted band and. It, it never it never turns into something where it feels forced. It feels like we are able to welcome people into the mix and it's and it's always fun and and it always turns into something unique, but still retains that railroad earth flavor, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's a it's something we do well and I think it worked in this instance too. In the morning with the sun. It's all right 
when you guys were working with Anders, were there very many conflicts? And, and if so, were they easily resolved? Um, I really, I really can't re- remember a conflict. Um, you know, occasionally, uh, occasionally, um, tensions arise over, uh, ideas just because some one person has one idea and another person has another idea and we do have some um folks who who have strong opinions so yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, there were a couple couple occasions of heads butting over an idea or a uh you know an uh an opinion about a performance or a track or, mm-hmm. or something that was going but they were easily resolved, you know. I mean, it there was not. Uh, it was a, it was a great rapport with Anders, first of all, and and he's you know he's a great producer. He knows how to ease those moments and yeah, and uh, keep the keep the train moving down the track, you know. So, and that is a producer's job as much as anything else, really. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, he's great. At, he's he's great at it. He's he's an amazing personality and and a vibrant personality and you know you can't help but love the guy as well he's he's a sweetheart yeah uh and i'm sure that had to help with some of the emotional aspects of some of the songs that are on the album that having somebody that that fits so well with you guys and has such an open heart and is such a caring person that i'm sure you felt comfortable with you know him in these songs in his hands right Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, as, as a singer, you know, I was, you know, I trusted his, uh, his feeling, um, and that's important about, you know, well, you know, I felt that one. I, I, when you were singing it, it was moving me. I felt that one. That was, that's the one. You know, I, I trusted him on that. And that's, yeah. If he's the one saying that you, you trust that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you need. That's why you need someone there because you never, it's hard to tell your own, your own, uh, subjective view on what was good or bad. I think every musician kind of learns over the years that, you know, you may be right. You may be wrong. You know, you, you, you don't really know because you're not the person out there listening to it. You're the yeah. one doing it. <laughs> that even and, goes as far as I remember. I think, it, you know, it was like an old Jerry Garcia interview where he was saying the same thing. They were at the Fillmore or something and he got off the stage and he was ready to, uh, you know, break up the band. This band sucks. I'm of this shit you know what, you, mm-hmm. what the fuck <laughs> and he got really angry at the band this is what a terrible performance then he listened back to the tape he's like oh that was great you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you just don't know <laughs> you know yeah well and and you might then listen to it back and think it's good and i might listen to it and think it's not and every you know everybody's opinions are different <laughs> yeah. right yeah right um so so it seems like anders might was probably part of the reason why you guys used horns um, and who were the horn section and, and how did that decision come about? Cause it's the first time horns well, have been on know, a railroad earth record, right? Well, no, no, no. Um, Andy played horns and we did, we've done horn section stuff, for example, okay. hard living, you know, where, where Andy did the, uh, 
did the whole section, I think, as an you know overdub it himself. Okay. But um, I, I guess that's the distinction, but, right? Yeah. No, we always had horns. You know, in fact, um, one of the uh, f- really fun live moments used to be when Andy was in uh, still here. He, we he used to do uh, the two two horns at once. You know, yeah. on stage. And I don't know if you, you ever remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> so Andy quite, was a horn a section to himself. <laughs> sure, sure, fair enough, fair enough. That's very true. It's very true. But um, but uh, being in New Orleans, Anders had some friends to to call up, and unfortunately, I'm I'm drawing a blank here on on remembering the names. But um, fair enough. They were great, and and they and it was really fun on you know a couple of tunes, and and it worked really well. musicians that that are on the album i think there's a string section maybe on a couple tracks yeah um definitely on uh showers of rain and that was that was timmy's um project uh he put that string section together and hired the players and uh, wrote out the part um they sound and, great. Uh, added it, added yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, I forget. And oh, yeah, I think there's strings on all for the song as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, uh, they, it's, yeah it's interesting been a, how well been a they. A while since we did this one, or I would have all these names and information at my fingertips. <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask about that. This album was announced like in October of 2019, and then, uh, it, it, you yeah. know, it's not coming out until now. What was was the that impacted by by the COVID pandemic. What what sort of is the the delay? Yeah, it's it's one hundred percent the COVID situation. We yeah. we um, weren't able to uh, get out uh, and support it and let people know that it was coming out. And of yeah. course, everybody had a mil- had. Uh, other things on their mind so it was not a great environment even if we could have <laughs> not yeah. a great environment to to release an album um and we were unable to we were not would have not have been able to uh get out and promote it support it play the new songs so we decided to put it on hold and and here we are a couple of years at least later it's it's um yeah it's, it's finally time long- it's taken a long time. 
I don't know if the environment's any better, but it's time for this album to come out. That's for sure. <laughs> when you, when you guys like decided to pull it back, were any changes made to the album? Did you did you change the track list at all, or were did you add or subtract anything? Were any new sessions held? No, it's it's uh, it's in the same form. Yeah, some of the songs uh, seem seem prophetic in a way. <laughs> they seem right? to they seem to fit the moment now uh, uh, almost uh, as if it was planned that way. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, it's um, kind of it's hard to believe some of them date back as long as they do. Yeah, you know it's so good. We play it at a show and it's and it feels perfect for the moment. Um, it's so good to be here again. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and no, I know. Uh, it's so good to see a friendly face, you know, but it was recorded before COVID. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. It it does seem like a COVID anthem. I mean, it, could, it really could be. Yeah. And, and it does. Yeah. It takes on such a new meaning now. Yep. So speaking of playing shows, um, how, how has the response been to the playing the new songs live? Oh, it's been great. It, it, they're, um, they're working well as, as live songs, which is, which is, uh, great. There's a few that we haven't played that we've, um, held back so that we haven't, uh, given all the, yeah. given all the cards away, you know, but, uh, we've played a lot of them and they're working great and people, people seem to really love them. So that's all good. Are you and- thinking about the live show when you write songs? Um, not really. Uh, although, you know, of course, when one appears that seems like it's going to be a great live song, I go, ah, yeah, that's going to be a good one mm-hmm. live. And there are other ones that, uh, you know, our live shows are a celebration and a bit of a party. So, you know, some of these, some of the ballady ones are not going to get played as much, but they make for yeah. a, a great album track, you know, mm-hmm. um, all for the song, you know, people love it and we, we will play it. That one for me is, you know, there are also ones on this record, especially that are kind of tough to sing again, you know, because of all we've discussed, you know, and it's, uh, that was something I was going to ask revisit. you is yeah. how difficult tough. is it in the life setting to kind of tap into that emotion? Is that a, you know, is that a challenge for you at times? Normally not. Uh, but this song, this album was, as you described, you know, there's some really personal thing, more personal than I almost more personal really than I care to care to get to be yeah. honest, but it, it, it's just where the, where this album was coming from. I can't really plan it that much, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just play and sing and, and, and try and shape what, what is coming out into a song, you know, and, and, and these were coming from that place. So it's kind of hard to turn that off, you know, and ah, I'm not going to do that one, but you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where this album came from. So, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine some of those are going to be difficult to play, but, um, 
that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I'm sure your fans will be supportive of it. You know, I mean, that's, that's, oh, they love it. that's the They're beauty amazing. of the community of your fans. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I just interviewed Micah Nelson, who has an album coming out the same day as all for the song and his album's called time capsule. And I really feel like your record, this record is a time capsule. It's like what you were just talking about is that it really captures that a very important moment in time for this band. And it, it, yeah. it, it's a, it's, it, I think that you being able to tap into those emotions is very important um, for not just, you, you know, you know, not just for the band, but for the fans too. I think it's a way for all of us to, to properly grieve and move forward with you guys. Uh, so it's a really beautiful thing to see. Ah, oh, th thank you, Andy. That was beautifully said. I, uh, I think you, you, uh, you, uh, said you touched on something that, um, you know, I found myself saying, uh, yeah, that really makes sense. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for talking to me. Best of luck. Stay safe out there. Um, you got plenty of shows coming up, right? Uh, you, you guys are hitting the road like you normally do. Yeah, not quite like we normally do, but slowly we're getting back to that. It's, okay. um, <laughs> lots, lots of festivals, lots yeah, of festivals so coming up, right? Yeah, we got a lot. We got a, we got a nice busy summer. It's going to be great. So yeah, we're, we're getting there, but it's taken a while, but we are getting there. And one thing, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is the the Peter Rowan "Olden in the Way" tribute that you guys do. You got another one coming up at High Sierra. What's it like to to be part of that special tribute? Well, first of all, it's really um, an honor and really fun, and uh, getting to know Peter and working with him on the music is you know, obviously a learning experience as well, because he's, he's a master and he's obviously uh, seen a thing or two. Yeah. But it's also really fun. He tells, you know, when we're working, uh, rehearsing uh, and working on stuff, getting ready, it's, he, he's a lot of fun. He tells some great stories and he's a bit of a magician, Peter, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a magic. Yeah there's a magic to him that's um, can't really describe, but uh, it, I always, I always love being around him and just feeling that little bit of uh, the, the magic quality, you know, it's always there and it's, it's great. And we enjoy it and the fans yeah. enjoy it. So <laughs> we're going to, yeah, we have cool. a of it's cool to, you know, I keeping that magic it. alive. It'll be great to see Peter. I, um, I did a, a song with him during COVID. Uh, we collaborated on uh, a tune and uh, he had just had a hip replacement and, um, oh, wow. you know, I was kind of wondering how, wondering how he was doing and during COVID. And uh, so we were, we were uh, in touch about this, working on this tune together. Mm -hmm. And I asked how he, how he, how he was doing, what he was up to. He's like, Oh, I'm doing great. Just, uh, Hanging out here, uh, surfing a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back in surfing shape, yeah. <laughs> Hanging out at the beach and surfing a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, again, I appreciate your time today, Todd. Take care. Stay safe out there. Railroad Earth's album, All for the Song, comes out April 22nd. It's produced by Anders Osborne. It's terrific. Anybody out there listening, make sure you check it out. Uh, Thanks again, Todd. Take care. Thank you, Andy. Be well. Peace. the end of this episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks to Todd for taking the time to speak with me. It was a lot of fun. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the new Railroad Earth album, All for the Song. This episode was produced with the help of Jake Alexander. Thanks, Jake. We'll be back next week with another exciting new interview. So in the meantime, do what you need to do to stay safe out there. And while you're at it, go see live music.